Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, I want to welcome everyone for being here. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have so many miracles being reported, healings. It's just like, yay. Even prayer this morning was like, powerful and just uh, and, and I've had testimonies of people talking about who they led to the Lord this week and the miraculous happening even in other nations so it's like I am I'm am pretty I am pretty wound up right now but praise God we're on a mission um, we're going to be pretty much exclusively in the ministry manual so if you don't have it you're going to need it um, uh, we're going to this is really what we'll be covering through the next uh, few weeks uh, this has a little outline in it that uh, talks about values and stuff, but which is the handout called Global River Church Ministry Training. But you want to be in here. This is where we're going to be spending our time in the ministry manual. That's the wire bound. There's extra. Co- we got more copies made. You know, we ran out last week, but we got more copies, so they're out there in the foyer if you need one. But praise God. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you for equipping the saints for the works of ministry. And based on the response of what we're seeing, even the outreaches on Thursday night to the evangelism training and then going out and then the response on Friday nights for the revival sessions and what's coming and we're over 300 here Friday night people getting baptized healed saved delivered Uh, it's increasing the power is being released and we thank you for the for you to be glorified in the midst of all of it so equip us now possess us Holy Spirit for your purposes that you would um, so move upon us that you have free reign, complete surrender to your purposes and plans. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to recap, and then uh, we've got lots to do tonight. So let me ask you to turn to the second page of your ministry manual, which is the table of contents. I'm just going to quickly kind of review what we went through last week. Um, Those that are listening on live stream, also you want to kind of follow along. But we went through what's the, the purpose of the ministry team, what are some of the expectations that we call protocols, the do's and don'ts, like real simple things like have good breath, be polite, the whole purpose is love, right? Uh, don't push people down, uh, let the Holy Spirit work. I mean, these are like, you know, just kind of etiquette stuff that we would think would be in the church. But that's not always common sense, so we're just you know, reiterating that. Some practical tips on lifestyle and purpose keeping yourself in that place of non-defilement because if you try to do ministry in the midst of open doors, you will get potentially hurt. And we have seen that happen. So, but when you're under the cover of the Most High God, Psalm 91 promises protection, right? And so then we, uh, I, I want to kind of pick up, if you'll turn with me to module four, this is page 4-1. So if you look in your ministry manual, keep turning until you come to 4-1 the complete gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to cover this, and then we'll take some questions that you might have. That's kind of, we left off at the salvation model last week. Remember Doug Henry led your pastor to the Lord? That's good, right? It's good to have a pastor saved. Yeah, it's really good. I really encourage that. (laughs) Amen? And so um, tonight we're going to break out in twos, and you're going to lead each other to the Lord. You say, well, that just feels a little strange. Yeah, I know, just go with it, okay? Because you want to get really comfortable in the model. It's four-step, and once you realize the, 
the flow of it, like it's, it's the interview. It's kind of like, hello, how are you? Um, how can I pray for you? Or you could use Doug's example of, if you were to die right now, do you know where you're going? <laughs> well, I hope I'm, uh, no, no hoping about it. You know, it's like you have to get your style of how you lead someone to the Lord. And, and it's, it, as long as it's from the heart and you walk through the steps, you'll, you'll have great success in it. So I want us to look at uh, module four. Oftentimes, and I don't know what your backgrounds have come from. We've had people listening from other places come in from other churches. The full gospel of Jesus is not just salvation. It's healing, deliverance, and salvation. He paid for all of that. And for a good portion of my Christian walk, the healing and deliverance part was never even mentioned. Right? And so I just want to give you scripture because if it's not in the book, you can challenge it. But if it's in the book, you're held accountable to it. So look at 4.1 module. I want you to see that Greek verb, sozo, S-O-Z-O, used 110 times in the New Testament. It's a verb. But I want you to see how Jesus used it for healing, salvation, and deliverance. It's interchangeable. It means all three, actually. And it can mean all three at the same moment. So let's look at this one. Uh, page 4-1, you see that? Salvation. Peter preaching to the elders and the rulers in Jerusalem said, everybody there, you following me? Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which men must be sozoed. Your translation saved, Acts 4.12. Next verse. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be sozoed. Saved. That's the Romans Road scripture that we often hear about, confessing with the mouth. Next scripture, Ephesians 2.8. For it is by grace that you have been sozoed, saved through faith, and yet not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. So depending on your background, salvation has always been a kingdom principle. But I want us to pick up now and look at healing. Jesus said this, Matthew 9.22. Jesus turned to her and said, take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has sozoed you, healed you. And the woman was sozoed from that very moment. See the Greek interaction there. And everywhere he went, bottom of that page, into villages, towns, countryside, they placed the sick in place, marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And as he touched him, they were sozoed. Mark 6, 5, 6. Turn the page. Jesus said, go, your faith has sozoed you, healed you immediately and received his sight and they followed Jesus along the road. But it's also interchanged for deliverance. Oh, there's that word. Those who had seen it be told of the people how the demon-possessed man had been sozoed. Your translations say cured. But if you look at the translations in the Greek, you'll see that word. And so, the Lord rescued me out of every evil attack and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord will sozo you, rescue you. Well, how does he rescue us? From darkness. Next scripture. Though you already know this, I want to remind you that the Lord sozoed you, delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. Jude 1.5. Salvation, healing, and deliverance. So I just, I want us to see that that gives an open door to those who believe that in cessationism, that healing and deliverance is not from today, are wrong. That's incorrect. It's not biblical taught correctly. And so we want to be in a place where we want Jesus to get everything he paid for. Amen? Amen? So I want us to encourage us. 
You have all the power and authority for healing, salvation, and deliverance. Most of the time when I, when I meet with people that are like, well, I'm not, I'm not sure, it's because we don't really understand the authority. He said, I have given, my father has given me all authority, and now I give it to you. Go, go. Yeah, what's, okay. All right, so I'm gonna calm down for a minute. I want us, I know there's some questions that came maybe out of last week. So before we go into leading each other to Christ, any particular questions up to this point that you might have? Becky, did you have a question? Um, we, this actually came Hold up. Hold it right up there. Sorry, yeah. this actually came up Thursday night um, in the training, but we were talking about um, situations where you have people that are maybe dabbling in the occult or wick or whatever, and Jesse gave a really good response just sharing that that's actually an opening because they're searching. So I was just wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit more. What's the question? People that are dabbling in the occult and yeah, you're trying like, to... Well, I gave the example last week, like um, my sister-in-law had brought up at a dinner one night that um, she, she had taken her son and daughter-in-law and a, a group of other people to see a tarot card or a palm reader or whatever, and they were you know, just kind of laughing about it or whatever, and I think I've even mentioned that to you before. But And, and I was not clear, Jesse gave the response to just kind of take them aside and, you know, personally if it's family or whatever. And I thought that was really good, but I just wondered if you could elaborate a little bit more on that, if it's someone that, that you don't necessarily know as well. Yeah, okay. So we encounter people, whether it's in the tent, in the street, or family. Um, is Pat here? Where's Pat Walls? Let me pick up, oh good, I can talk to her. It's not gossip, but let me. Um, when Pat's husband was a really good friend of mine, my best friend, he's in heaven now, Phil. He was my armor bearer. He's the first one in their family to get saved. Now they're from Jersey and you know, it's one thing about, you can bring Jersey people here, but getting Jersey out of them is, you know, it takes a while, right? Right, right Chris? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm from New York, I get it, and so, originally. So, so they come down, they're really rough. I mean, I won't elaborate, they're rough, okay? So Pat gets saved, right? Pat gets saved, and um, her whole family is in Jersey and New York, and, and they're not saved, right? So we're dealing with, Pat, you can't have open doors, you can't have defiled, we're going on mission trips, and uh, those things are defilements, they're open doors that will bring the enemy, John 10.10, 10, the devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. If you give him something to work with, he'll work with it, right? So they're having a birthday party, and uh, Pat is not invited, because once she got saved, Pat's like, there's no compromise. You know, it's like, Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, right? So they decide to invite a psychic to their, birthday, their family birthday party, but they don't invite Pat because they know that she's gonna throw a fit and probably throw the clown out, right? You're not, do, you're not doing that here. <laughs> so they don't invite her. So Pat comes in, she's crying. Oh my God, my family won't invite me to the birthday party. I said, why? And she, I said, Pat, that's awesome. And she said, Pastor, you're missing it. I'm not missing it. I said, Pat, that's awesome. They, she took a stand in her family that says there's no compromise for this. Now, let me give you a scripture. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 18.10. In fact, I had this conversation this week with a person from another nation who came for prayer ministry, and they were asking the question, is it okay if I dabble in Harry Potter? Is it okay if I've done Ouija boards? It's not okay. 
Deuteronomy 18.10, if you've ever, go talk to somebody who's been in Wiccan and whatever. I remember doing this uh, series when it first came out, Harry Potter says, you know, Pastor, you're being a little ridiculous uh, being so strict on this. I said, really? And there was a woman sitting in the back here where Kyle is, and we were about 30 of us in the room, and it was uh, John Hagee had done a series um, on Harry Potter witchcraft repackaged. And it started out, if you had anything, when I was in Europe, in, in Manchester, England, it's all over the place. Rawlings was making millions. And the first part of Harry Potter, it's, oh, it's innocent, it's this and that. I've never watched one of them, and I won't. But I, and if you have, you need to repent, just my thoughts on that. Um, so we were there, and this woman is sitting in the back. I don't know her. And we show the thing about the dangers associated with opening the doors. And if you look at the series, I'm told now that if you look at the series, they're now teaching the children in Harry Potter how to curse teachers and how to project those, those, those curses. So it's, it's the devil's strategy. It goes deeper, it's entertaining, but you're being brought in, right? So look at, let's, let's go to the scriptures. You're there, Deuteronomy 18.10. Well, I'm sharing about this repackaging and warning our, sta- our people, and some of the folks in the room as the pastor, I think you're being a little uh, too rigid. This woman in the back said, can I say something, Pastor? I said, yes. She said, I want you to know I've come out of Wiccan. And you better listen to what the pastor's telling you because if you click on Harry Potter, it'll take your children right into the Wiccan websites. So wake up. Get your eyes open. So Deuteronomy 18.10 says this, a call to holy living. Let me read New Living. When you enter, he's telling the, the, those that are entering into the land of the promise when you go into the land that the Lord has, God has promised, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations that live there. For example, never sacrifice your sons and daughters to burnt offerings. Spirit of Molech, hello, dealing with that right now. And do not let your people practice fortune telling, sorcery, interpret omens, engage in witchcraft, cast spells, function as mediums or psychics, call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you, but you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you're about to displace, they consult with sorcerers, fortune tellers, and the Lord God forbids you to do such things. I don't think it's any clearer than that. So you can compromise, you can justify, but the Lord says, I don't want you doing it. He's a jealous God. You ever read, you remember in Exodus 20, I'm a jealous God. I gave you my son, (laughs) therefore don't worship other gods and don't give, they have power. You want to get your hair curled, go online and look up John Ramirez and listen to him, a warlock who would kill Christians by cursing them, and then he comes out, gets saved, and now he's in a place where I can't touch spirit-filled Christians, there's too much power. And he has a night against Satan where he says, I've been trying to kill this woman, cursing her like I've done in other places, and I can't touch her. Satan says, we can't touch them. Hello? So all I'm saying is, this is not some kind of game. If you've got an open door, now, what about all of us who at some point have dabbled in horoscopes or mediums or psychic, all the, the stuff that was like we got pulled in into some form of entertainment? Repent. Repent. God, I, I did a lot of stupid things when I was ignorant. But ignorance is not bliss, so get under the blood, move on. But if someone comes to you and says, What's wrong with that? What, if I've dabbled in it or 
I, we had someone in the tent on Friday night, very tormented, growling on the floor. And we could tell he was tormented. It doesn't take rocket science to figure, okay. And at that point, the, there's this dabbling in the darkness that has opened the door. And when that person steps into the light, the light always wins. And so, but it's always for redemption purposes. So some they'll get, you know. The, so my, my encouragement is offer them Jesus. Let them know there's freedom in the cross. And you don't have to be tormented. There is freedom in Jesus. And so if you dabble, repent. And if you've dabbled in it, repent. And then if it's this generational stuff, if there's been, you know, satanic ritual abuse or some of the real darkness where children have gone and been offered over, um, there's some really interesting studies you can do there where still freedom wins. In fact, Mary Esther had a book. What was the name of that book? The Furious Sound of Glory? Yeah, if you want to get, um, it's not for the weak at heart, but it's the, the night that Anton LaVey, the head of the satanic church, died when a spirit-filled church challenged him, and he went to channel and to kill the woman that was going to be his satanic bride. It's a powerful, powerful account of what happens. But again, it's not for the weak at heart, and I'm not trying to spook anybody, but this is the real deal, and it's growing. We actually last, it was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, we went to various places for like 10 months, and we decided to go and visit places where New Age place might, and I was really shocked at the number of New Age places that have popped up in these strip malls. You go here, you go there, read your psychic, come here. It's here. It used to be more undercover. It's not anymore. So I know that's a long answer to your question, but okay. Any other questions? Question, when they're in the tent, obviously we have each other, but what if we happen to be out and about and we run into Satanists? Okay. So... Like today, what, you want to answer that one? So you're out and about praying for life, and all of a sudden they show up. What do you do? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I just kept singing Jesus, and um, I really wanted to say something, but Holy Spirit reminded me Jesus said not a word. So today I was just to stand as this girl manifested in front of me for over an hour. I mean, as close as Karen and I are to each other in my face and everything. And I just took authority. I just took authority over the area and over the corner, the Lord gave yeah. it to me, and nothing's going to happen. And yeah. I had such peace, Yeah, such peace. James 1.5, if you lack wisdom, ask God. I don't know what to do right now. Man, I can tell you how many times, Lord, I'm not sure what to do right now. And so at that point, ask the Holy Spirit. So that one was, don't engage it. Don't go in direct conflict. Um, because we're out and about and obviously standing for life and they're standing for not life. And so you can cause that thing to get all stirred up. So bind it. I bind violence, anger, murder, disappointment, whatever, and just stand your ground. Plead the blood of Jesus. So ask the Lord what to do. I don't know what to do. But if you'll keep your love on, a lot of times I'm so amazed when we would stand at the abortion clinic and put the life tape over our mouth, you could feel the spirit of darkness that would come. People would, they would shift. As soon as they would see that, that murdering spirit would rise up in violence. They'd not only flip you the bird, they would just as soon punch you in the face. And so 
there's a spirit that is behind it. So what do you do with that? I bind that spirit of witchcraft and murder and violence in Jesus' name. So I ask the Holy Spirit, because it, a lot of times it's like, I don't know what to do, and right now I'm like afraid. Don't let fear rise. That's, that's easy for, but I've been there as well. But don't let fear rise, because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And you've been given authority, and if you're there, and called by him. So another question? Becky? I mean, maybe, maybe you already answered this, but in terms of stuff like horoscopes, I'll read those but just kind of as a ha-ha type thing. So is that? Yeah, I so would I'm, say no. no. Um, it's kind of like um, example. Pat was teaching, I'm picking on Pat again tonight. This is a good Pat was teaching a Sunday school class a while back, and she wanted to talk about a little bit of leaven. So how do you communicate to the little kids leaven and don't get don't, a little bit of, of defilement will ruin the whole thing. So she comes in with a sheet full of brownies. And she says, how many would like a brownie? Oh, me, 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 this, Pat. She goes, I just want to tell you, I put a little bit of dog poop in it. Just, just a little. <laughs> Miss Pat. So the, the point of that is, um, you don't want, a little bit of leaven can ruin the whole loaf. And when you know the, the, uh, the spirit that is behind that, it's demonic. So why would I play with the demonic? Don't. I would suggest it don't. Just uh, because you crack the door and you may get some more. Question? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, this is more uh, of a response than a question. Just what some, you know, the world says it's just simple and it's okay or it's not that bad uh, is, is yoga. And I remember when we were in Dayton and uh, Mary Esther and I was doing the prayer ministry on the lady and toward the end, she had some type of something wrong that she had a lot of pain and especially in the mornings and wanted healing too while we were there. And then toward the end, I asked her, well, is there anything else you can think of? She says, well, she says, my pastor tells me I shouldn't be doing yoga. What do you think? And we explained to her a little bit of the roots of that. And Mary Esther was holding her hand when she prayed to be released. And both of them just got like zapped, almost knocked out of their seat <laughs> when she prayed for repentance yeah. of that. Yeah. And then the next morning I ran across her and she said, I'm in no pain. She yeah. says, I woke up, mornings are so bad. Yep. She says, I'm out of pain. The world says, oh, yoga is not that bad. Yeah. Um, that's a really good uh, opener because one of the hindrances to healing is what doors might I have open, unforgiveness, or things of the occult that could be there. And you'll see that when you're praying for people in the interview process of trying to figure out the diagnoses for the prayer that you want to pray is questioning. So... Uh, has your family been involved in anything in secret societies? Do you have anyone you, you really have unforgiveness toward? Yeah. And once you start there, then you can say, well, you can give them some instruction. But for those that may be not on that same page, take a look. Just You can go online, look at the roots of yoga, those, those statements that are made, the projections that are made. Some will say, well, I just do the exercises. You worked it out with the Holy Spirit. But when you look at the roots of that, it's just like Reiki. 
If you look at lotus and those things that come, the chakras that are there, go and look at it. You can get about this much online associated with the demonic realms associated with that. And if you're getting massages, you need to make sure you're not getting a Reiki master doing it to you because you are being massaged with someone who's laying hands on you in a way that their power source is coming from somewhere that you don't want. So just, uh, again, dig into that. We'll, we're going to cover more of the demonic side. I know that's a, a lot of work. When we get into deliverance back in uh, June. Uh, no, I guess not. I don't know. Um, I have not researched Tai Chi. I don't know if anyone else has. I would go online and find out. I'm not sure what the roots of that are. Now, I was just going to add to what Pastor said that... Um, if you are not, that's why we need to be grounded in the word of God. You have to know who you are, what the word says. And if you are not there yet, don't engage things like this. You know, pastor has talked about that. Because you can open yourself to all kinds of attack. And you're wondering, how, when did this happen to me? Because the kingdom of darkness, they know. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? That's a very good uh, illustration. It doesn't mean you, are, you should be walking in fear because the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. But if you are not rooted, you don't have the word of God foundation in your spirit, you are not ready for battle. And I love the questions because remember what we've been talking about the last few weeks and Sunday morning is to don't go after any defilements that might be in your family or in the background, right? Remember when we said, when we went through Joshua 3, 4, and it said, when you cross over, you've not been this way before, prepare yourselves, cleanse yourselves, work out all defilements in yourself. So part of these is, I didn't even know that was an issue. Okay, so once you become aware of what is truth, then go to the truth, repent, and move on, and don't let guilt and shame, he's so good about all that, right? He wants us to be aware of what the enemy might have something to work with on. Amen? Okay, back here. I love what Bishop just said, because I was one of those people. And I mean, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, a baby. Had not got much teaching. And I laid hands on a person one time. And when that demon spoke at me, it made me say, she won't receive it. She won't receive it. And my heart said, why? She won't receive it. Because I knew that he gave me that power. But I wasn't rooted. And you know what Jesus told me? When he got up, I got up. Her face turned back pretty. This is pretty. She got up. She walked out of church. And that demon came over. And he slapped me. And he jumped down. I said, in the name of Jesus, I knew that much. And he ran and got back on her and went out of church. But if you have not been taught even after you get that power, you better wait on the Lord because that's exactly what he told me. He says, you didn't listen. I didn't tell you to do that. Somebody else did. Hmm. You see, so you better know what you're doing. But that was when I was a little baby. I'm growing up now. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I think uh, Becky did you have a question. You had a comment? Oh. Yeah, one more. We'll take one more and then we'll move forward, okay? We'll cover a lot more of these as we get into the deliverance part of this. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, at the previous church we were attending. Hold um, it up. At the previous church we were attending, um, the co-pastor 
started talking about um, understanding personalities and the Enneagram numbers. And um, I was wondering if anyone knows what the roots of that is. I, I didn't miss um, the part. Like the any, so the previous uh, church we were attending, the co-pastor at like a woman's gathering uh, was talking about like how to um, um, kind of like get to know your personality better and was talking about the, the Enneagram numbers, like their numbers one to nine and, and you know, to find people that are like similar numbers to you. And, and I mean, so I ended up buying a book that she had recommended and just like on the inside of the book, I saw this. I mean, it was like a mathematical, um, you know like how the pentagram is like its own symbol? And it was just this weird symbol that looked almost like a pentagram, but it had nine angles. And I was wondering if anyone uh, knows anything about the roots of the Enneagram, like the personality testing and the nine numbers, and, and if that's correlated to demonic activity. Let me, um, one of the things, when you picked that up, how did your spirit feel? Um, I think I, when I saw that image, it, 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 right, maybe the piece lifted, or, and I thought, like, what is going on Yeah, it, here? Looks, it looks pretty ugly. Um, it does look like a pentagram. What I would suggest, you, you guys that have been here any length of time, Hebrews 5.14, what does that scripture say? The mature believers have trained themselves to discern good and evil by reason of use. King James says, strong meat belongs to those who are of full age. And then, so this is that place where the Holy Spirit in you is the spirit of truth. So you may not have full understanding of what's the spirit that's behind this, but pay attention to your spirit. If you're like, oh, what was that, Lord? I don't understand. Pay attention, because the Holy Spirit will train you. I remember walking into a shop downtown, and um, I walked in the shop, the first, right in, like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh. What was that? And walked around. There's some occult stuff in the back. And then there's LGBT, whatever, stuff over here. And I'm like, oh, pay attention to what, when you walk into an environment, in a house, or a person, pay attention because the Holy Spirit can reveal to you, um, Lord, I don't understand what, what you're telling me right now, but I'm getting a flag or a warning sign. So, Okay. Pastor Tom, what? can I just share this? This is what I wanted to share. Pay attention to your ex, ex, the things around you and what you're feeling, just what, I'm, what you were saying. I remember uh, when I was working at GE, and I didn't know a whole lot about deliverance, but I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And on my break, I walked in the change room, and all of a sudden, I felt like somebody was stabbing me in my side. I said, oh, my God, what is that? And so some of the girls heard me, and, um, uh, well, I went back to work, and I came again. And so um, um, the girl that worked in the change room, she said, um, Evelyn, you know, um, you, might have, you might have felt something from something that I bought here. I said, what was it? She said, a Ouija board. She said, I bought it for my children, but I was reading up on all this stuff and trying to learn more about it you know, deliverance and everything. But she said, I bought it for my children at Christmas and it wouldn't work for them. So it's a lady in here and she's got a book on it and she's been studying this and she's been working with this thing for a long time and so I bought it to her. 
I said, oh my God, you get it out of here, because it's, it's demonic, and you know, I felt like somebody was piercing me in my side. I said, it's a good thing it didn't work for your children, because you need to read up about it, it's yeah. demonic, and they didn't need that. So she took it from the lady, and she burned it up. Amen. And that feeling wasn't there anymore. You can feel sometimes. Just Amen. Yeah. So pay attention. Amen. Okay. What I'd like to do at this point is I'd like you to break out in twos. And I'd like you each to take a turn. Look at your model, the salvation model. Let's turn, turn with me to page 5-4 for a moment. 5-4 and 5-5, five, 5-6. Five, five, the first one is in the salvation model. The first step is interview. So it's kind of like, what is your entry point, or um, how do you normally, if you're going to meet someone and want to know if they have been a Christian before, it may be someone on the street. So you can assume your approach to that, and then cooperate with it. The model is, do the interview. Have you ever uh, received Christ, or what, where you walk, are you a Christian? What is the opening door that you have to kind of open that door to someone, and then when they said, would you like me to pray with you to receive Christ, first is confession, number two there on five, six, they need to confess, and they also need to make a repentance that Christ is my Savior, and I need to repent. They may open a door, well, I got a lot of shame and guilt, you know, I've done a lot of bad things. Recently, had an opportunity to meet with someone who says, Pastor, I've done so many really bad things I'm ashamed of. So, well, you know what? And you could give them a scripture. Romans 8 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you're not in Christ, I get it. That's shame and guilt. But if you're in Christ, guess what? That's why he came. And so kind of follow the progression of what you're doing in the interchange. The Holy Spirit will lead you in that. But then get them to make the declaration, which is the Romans 10, 9 and 10. If they will confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, they're gonna be saved. So that's that point where that's, that's why we want them to verbalize it. You don't pray it for them, they say it. And then once they've done that and they've done repentance, that whole commitment of surrender, Lord, I'm just giving you my life. <laughs> Lord, this, I just wanna be so free of all this. And let the commitment and the surrender, number, step three of that, then there's Thanksgiving. Man, we celebrate. You know what this says right now? Angels are having a party in heaven because every time one comes, they party. And so they're real happy, and I'm real happy. Congratulations. You're, you're, that's awesome. But don't miss the last part of that on 5.8. Thank God for the seeker's confession and ask the Holy Spirit to fill them. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill them up, Right? because that's where power comes. That's where we need them to be able. So let's, uh, let's take about 10 minutes, find someone, and work through that. You can look at the steps there in page five, five, and do the interview, do the repentance, confession, surrender, celebration. All right? Okay, so start to finish up. Karen got saved. Yay! <laughs> You're not sure it took? She's not sure I am. <laughs> okay, praise God. Wow. Doug even got saved? Praise the Lord. What are we going to do if the whole church is saved? That's going to be amazing. 
<laughs> so if you kind of look at the module of what the steps are, just kind of, it's four easy steps, just kind of commit them to memory and then just flow with it, all right? So hey, praise God. People are still getting saved? I know it's exciting when you get saved. Yeah, so praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, praise the Lord. Any, uh, any questions on the salvation model? There it is. Any questions at all on the salvation model? Does it make, it make sense, right? I mean, you just kind of, the step-by-step process of that. But like I said, you put your, your personality and the situation. If you're out on the street and that you may approach it differently than if you're in the church environment and someone comes up to you. Like when we do an altar call on Sunday mornings or in the tent, they do the, they, every, every tent meeting, right, there's an altar call. And at some point, as the ministry team members, like on Friday night, we started to get overwhelmed with the number of people. So the saturated leaders said, can you help us here? And so in that setting, the person's already come forward. It's very clear they've come because they want to be set free, right? Whereas out on the street, it's like, you don't know where they're at. In fact, you walk up to them and, you know, it's one thing if you're Doug and you're 300 and something pounds and six foot five, right? Doug says, you want to get saved? I sure do. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to maybe, you know, where you are. But, but with the Holy Spirit's presence, there's like, yay, God, right? So, Remember what Paul did in Acts chapter, uh, chapter uh, 3, right, where he says, silver and gold I have none, but says he looked at this when, and, and believing or sensing he had faith for this moment. So you can read the moment. So just let the Holy Spirit lead you. And uh, it just, it, we want it to become really a natural part of, and if you're rejected, don't, don't take on the rejection. Because remember, one plants, one waters, and, and one harvests, right? And so you may just be planting. That person may say, no, I don't want to get, get away from me, you know? Okay, I just want to let you know God loves you. And he's got you, he's got you in the target. And I've left it sometimes when they don't want to, I said, do me a favor, just do one thing. Why don't you pray, if God, if you're real, show me. Wouldn't you like to know if he's real? At least before you find out he's real, right? Wouldn't you, what's wrong with that prayer? Just pray, God, if you're real, you show me that you're real. And you can leave that with them. And they just tell them, I'll be praying with you. I'm going to be praying for you. And, they'll, and they, I guarantee you, they'll be like, well, that guy was just plumb weird. But what if, huh? Maybe if you're real, maybe you ought to show me. Woo-hoo-hoo, right? Praise God. Okay. So, question? Nope. Oh. Yeah, who's got the mic? Terry's got it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't stop at. Uh, Hello? Yep. Yeah, it doesn't stop at. Um, don't let it stop at just uh, if they have, if you come up to them and say, I give them my life to Christ. And, you know, they, you share and say, Do you know Jesus? Oh, yeah, I know Jesus. You can follow the question of, well, how do you rate your walk on a scale of one to 10? Yeah. And they go, well, I'm about a four. Yeah. Well, let's pray. You want yeah. to pray to have more empowerment yeah. of God? And let's pray to re- recommit your life to Christ. You want to do that? And they go, yeah. Yeah. And you pray for them. Yeah. And so, don't, you know, if that, you don't just walk away and say, well, God bless you. 
<laughs> yeah. Pray with them. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have all different situations out yeah, there. Yeah, how do you know Jesus? Right. Well, yeah, I've been in church with Grandma all my life. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't get you in. <laughs> and you don't have to know a whole lot of Scripture in order to, to open that door. Because you might say, well, I don't have enough Scripture. You just need to know maybe a couple of verses, and that's, that'll be sufficient. The Lord will do the rest. Kathy. I grew up in the era, era with the four spiritual laws, and as I was bringing people to Christ, we didn't take that extra step of baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, yep. Yeah, so. Yeah. If somebody's kind of in a hurry and you've led them to the Lord and they're going to come to church with you and yada, yada, but they're trying to, I need to get back to work, do you just not tell them that part right no, then I and would, there? No, I would, I would say, it's because it's, again, it can be a simple scripture. Luke chapter 11 says, if you'll ask the Father, he's going to give you the greatest gift ever. It's the Holy Spirit. That's one little sentence, but it's real important because at that moment, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. They may be born again, that Spirit's been, but we want the whole house. Now, you're right, it may take more instruction and more soaking in the presence to have the fullness come, like we see Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 19, right? The Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them, but you want to open the door because it's the Holy Spirit's presence. Now, realizing, depending on where you've come out of either denominationalism, well, if I confess Christ, I have the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do, but there's more. Would there be a good explanation of that, for example, if you're, if you're building a house and you've got your room wired for electricity? To receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, turn that light on. That's a good one. I like that analogy. Yeah, okay. good. That's good. Okay. Oh, back here, Terry. Who's the Holy Spirit? That's awesome. How much time you got? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you might... Come to church, well, but that, it's a really good, well, so who's the Holy Spirit? Them, but you, you know, could Father, tell them, look, Son, we believe, I, my biblical worldview, you could say, is God is, is, three, is one God in three persons, and the Holy Spirit is here. Jesus and the Father are there in heaven now, but Holy Spirit's here, and we need to have the Holy Spirit infilling. And you can pick a scripture or two, you know, out of that, right? And so, but if they're not biblically astute or they've not been taught, don't, don't confuse them with too much. Just tell them, look, it's a great gift. It's the gift of the Father, right? He was sent. He came. You ever heard of Pentecost? What happened it, when the Father sent that gift and it just like came? Oh, yeah, I heard about that tongue stuff. Yeah. Well, again, you can, it can get you going in a direction, but it's all right. It'll be really fine. Ayers. I heard this one time. I thought it was really powerful. Um, this man was saying that if they say, well, I don't believe in God. You can say, well, if you're wrong, would you want to know it? Good question. And they say, well, no, I really don't. Then don't be rejected. Say, okay, just go with a different conversation. But they said many times, this man said many times, particularly if you know the person, maybe a week later they'll call you and say, well, I guess I would like to know. <laughs> so, it's good, yeah. yeah. Again, it's like, wouldn't you like to know? Just, the, just pray. It's a simple prayer if you're real. Remember Jesse's testimony Friday night where she's doing crack cocaine. She's all afraid, and she's just been rejected by her boyfriend. She he leaves her. She's crawling. God, if you're real, show me. And he does. He shows up. He will hear that prayer. And so that is just like, come on. I, that was, anyway, just do it. Question. 
Okay. Um, I uh, I've done this in the past, but I just wanted to bring it up for everyone because we're gonna if you're out anywhere or they come knocking your door, people of other religions like Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and stuff, to know how um, how to approach them, how to communicate to them. Um, like for Jehovah Witnesses, like what I learned was you can't get in a debate with them because they've been brainwashed, so you just have to ask them questions to get them to start thinking for themselves and uh, show them in their own Bible, because I found some spots in the Bible, their Bible, where it does talk about Jesus' deity. So just sort of like learning more about these different religions and how to approach those people. Yeah, the, and again, um, if you're gonna specifically come against They've come with a pretty strong agenda, right? When they knock on, what I do is that when they knock on my door, I said, hi, I'm a pastor at Global River Church. They usually say, I'll see you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're, they're done. And they're like, okay. But there are ways to counter the counterfeit if you're equipped in that. But I wouldn't always open that door. Sometimes, um, unless the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, to get into that argument, because then you get into this whole do loop. And if you're not familiar with the scriptures, remember, they've come with a spirit, with a purpose, right? Inviting them in your house and getting into that argument, not, not always a good idea. But unless the Holy Spirit, if you're equipped, and I'm, I'm, I'm called to that to challenge their, their belief system, I have cousins that are Mormons. And I challenge that belief system, but I've, I'm armed up when I do that. So, wow, you guys are awesome. A while back, I was in, on a bus uh, traveling somewhere, and I happened to know the bus driver was a Jehovah's Witness. And while she was driving, I'm sitting in the back, in the back of the bus, and the Lord said, start pleading the blood of Jesus. So I started pleading the blood of Jesus underneath my breath. And as I said that, the spirit said out of her mouth, we don't believe in the blood of Jesus. But the Lord told me to keep doing it because it was working. <laughs> to set her free. Yeah. Again, yeah, just, Lord, what do you want to do here? I'm not sure what to do. That's always a good prayer. Help. Right? Something else that could happen is uh, when you approach somebody and you want to preach the gospel to them, they might say, I'm already a Christian, leave me alone. And sometimes that's not the case. They just want you to just leave me alone. Uh, so uh, we have to be aware of that too. Just whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do in that moment, uh, do that. Uh, there have been some scenarios where I read in uh, Kenneth Hagin's book about a person that he was trying to witness to and they, they basically did the same thing, leave me alone. And he prayed for her, for this, this man. I said, Lord, let the word be bothering him day and night. And for the next two days, the guy said that verse, that scripture, because the Lord told Hagen that this man is going to die in the next couple of days. Mm. And I want you to make sure you snatch him from hell. He said, Lord, he doesn't want to listen, but Lord, let the word be speaking to him every moment of the day. Two or three days later, the man came back and said, Everywhere I turn around, I'm seeing that scripture. I'm dreaming, I'm seeing that scripture. <laughs> Everywhere I turn around, how do I get born again? Yeah. He got born again, and two days later, he died. Yeah. But you see, the word of the, there was a word of knowledge given, 
and uh, we just had an amazing testimony. Diana was here today at prayer minister at uh, intercessory prayer. She shared her testimony. Just quick, um, two months ago, a nephew in Bogota committed suicide. This is open. It's not. We're not keeping anything secret. She shared this openly, and her brother is involved in the Masonic high level Masonic, and his son was introduced to it, got all confused anyway. The other nephew, this younger brother, uh, she's been praying in Jesus' name, Lord, but he cut her off two months ago, no contact. And so a couple of days ago, Diana has a dream. And so she's in intercession for her nephew. And then yesterday, he texts her, says, can you call me? And they have this hour and a half conversation and he leads, she leads him to the Lord today. So, yesterday. So, there's, wow. this, there's this place where the word of knowledge and the revelation and the intercession is powerful. It's powerful. It's like, and so, there's a lot more to that story, that, but I can't go into it right now. So, Terry had some questions, or at least you had a question? Let me. Oh, you want to throw I got to tell everybody signed this. Make sure your stuff is correct. There's 120 names on here. Praise the Lord. And I need you to look at this. If you haven't looked at it. Make sure your email, phone sure number, and all that's correct. Okay, that's good. Okay, and this is a question I got to, my preacher says people don't get healed today. I, and I don't understand why this church preaches healing. That's your question? That's the question. Sounds antagonistic to <laughs> me, but <clears throat> I'd like to know your preacher. No, uh, <laughs> turn with me, if you will, <clears throat> to... Module 6, page 1. So it's 6-1 in your wire bound. The biblical basis of healing deliverance. And, you know, we, we don't want to make fun or poke criticism at any other belief systems and denominations. That's not our purpose. Because I remember where I was 30 years ago. Uh, I was like, I never heard of healing. And, so, and then my daughter gets healed. And so you're going to tell me it doesn't happen? And then I get saved. It's like, well. So power evangelism is a tool when some, let the, go to the first night. Remember when Bruce was here, the first night came to church after that? Bruce is here and he wanders in on a Friday night. Well, he, he comes in limping, right? And then there's a word of knowledge that says, the elders ought, ought to anoint with oil. Jesse has a word, that James scripture, if any suffering among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint with oil in the prayer that's offered in faith will sozo the sick, heal the sick. And so then Parker, her husband, says, there's a lot of people limping around here. And, you know, Bruce comes in like this, right? Like, and so if you need healing, come to the elders. Room. Bruce gets in front of me, and he says, man, I need a hip replacement. I, I am in such pain. For years I'm in pain. The guy's not saved. He, we just start praying. Pastor, that seems out of order. Don't they have to get saved first? No. So he's just, oh, I want to be healed. And so we're praying, and all of a sudden he starts weeping. Man, the pain's gone. I said, lift your leg, Bruce. Goes, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this. And they, then we're walking across the stage, and he's like, oh, my God. Oh, oh. He's like, the Lord's all over him. Power evangelism. And what happens that night? Not only does he get saved, he gets healed, he gets delivered, he gets water baptized, and then baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. It's, it's online. You can look at it, right? I think Buckley's got it online, right? So, and, and then he comes to church and says, it happened. And you see the facial expression of him on Sunday. He is not the same man. 
And so there's a whole lot more to that story. But I want you to see power evangelism is a, is a tool that Jesus used. Why did the masses come? Why will the masses come during revival? You, you catch on film. When Buckley catches on film, the blind eyes opening, the tumors disappearing, the limbs growing out, they will come. That's why you got to be ready. Because if they show up by the thousands, we need you to pray for them. Amen? All right, so power evangelism matters. And now, let, let, let's deal with this. Cessationism, you should learn that word. The cessationists believe that healing was not for today, that deliverance is not for today, that when the apostles died, the original apostles died, that gifting died because all we need now is the word. It's not biblical. We teach we show, I just read you scriptures that are healing and deliverance, right? I want you to look at Mark 16, the Great Commission. So turn with me, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. This is the one that busted me wide open and started missions for me. I'm a pastor one year. I resigned from General Electric. I'm here, I'm preaching like every six weeks. And I read Mark's Gospel, and I say, oops, this is not happening. How can this not happen to me? Are you there? Mark 16. Let's begin. It's the Great Commission. I often poke fun. I said, it's not the Great Suggestion. This is the Great Commission. This is the commander of the armies that you now have signed up for if you're a believer. You are in his army. And therefore, the army commander says this. Verse 15, Mark 16, 15. He then told them, Go into all the world, preach, oh, I don't do missions, <laughs> all the world, and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone? Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. So if you're a believer here, these signs should be in your rapport, your repertoire. First, they'll cast out demons in my name. I remember, I don't do deliveries. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to mess with the devil. I don't want to mess in with me. I don't even know if he's real. I thought that was Hollywood, you know, the whole exorcism movie. They're just trying to sell things. That's where I was at one point. They cast out demons in my name. They speak with new languages. They're able to handle snakes with safety. Drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. Some of your translation says, handle deadly things without being harmed. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When the Lord had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere, preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. So therefore... You need to get comfortable with casting out demons, laying hands on the sick. I'm not saying we're going to do snakes, right? We don't do that. But where it says when our, when our missionaries overseas are fed poison and it does not harm them, that's scripture. Or if they've come to harm you, and I, you know our testimony, when they've come under blood sacrifice to kill us and they can't. Or the woman who's so possessed who tries to punch me in the face and is like an invisible shield and she can't do it. They, you will not be harmed. That's, that's the covering that comes. It's a promise to you and your family. 
And so my suggestion here is we need to take inventory. Why am I not doing what God commanded me to do? And that's what hit me. I said, good Lord, I didn't resign from my executive position in GE not to fulfill the Great Commission. So what do I need to do? And I remember going to Chester and some of the elders, and I said, Randy Clark has just invited some of us to go to Brazil. I'm, I would like to go to Brazil, because I heard this revival going there, and, and then you read the book, and that's the rest of the story that starts with, oh my gosh. Okay, so you want to learn the term cessationism. We do not believe that those gifts ended. And if any of you have seen miracles, you know they didn't end, Amen. right? You've seen too much to not believe. That song, right? We see, we've seen too much to not believe. You can't unsee it, right? When the, when the blind, let me, let me give you one. There's an example here. Uh, Pastor Terry's son and Jan's son, Todd. I love this. It's in, actually, turn with me in this module. On page, yeah, six, seven. The biblical healing of, biblical basis of healing. So, we go to Brazil, and we're going to go to Manaus. It's Manaus, right? Yeah, it was Manaus in the Amazon. So you got a number of uh, key cities along the Amazon River in Brazil. And so Manaus is one of them. And we were invited there several times. And Todd had heard about the miracles. You know, Jan and Terry come back, and they're like, they're telling their son. So Todd says, I want to go, I want to go. So we get all prepared. We take a team. I think there were 16 on that trip with us to join with like, I don't know, 60 or 70 from Randy's team. And we had flown, I've told somebody, we flew, I don't know, 30 hours. You had to fly into Santarém, then go north and go to the Amazon, connecting flights, blah, blah, blah. So we're like 30 hours plus, no sleep, on planes, get there, and we're late, and we got to go right into this church of thousands and minister now. So we're like, okay, so we're all kind of worn out and tired. And so Todd is on his first mission trip. We're lined up, so we become the mission team, and there's multiple people lined up in front of us, this church of thousands. And Todd is in the, li- in the lineup, and in comes four guys carrying a guy in a wheelchair, walking him in, and guess who they plock him in front of? Todd. And Todd said, he, he's, he's not real expressive, at first. he's like, oh, great, you know. <laughs> I get this, I wanted the headache, you know. And so, so <clears throat> we're doing the thing, the mo- we're doing the model for healing. And he starts praying, he said he was so tired, he just started to fall asleep standing up. And so he says, and then he realizes I gotta open my eyes. And he says, I'll pray one more time and bless him and, and ask God to you know, take care of him, maybe you know, heal him later and whatever. Before Todd could finish the second prayer, the guy jumps out of the wheelchair. And he starts jumping all over the place. He's a paraplegic. He'd been a drug dealer. The year before, two years before, a year and a half before, he's shot in a bad drug deal, and the bullet's lodged in his spine, and he's a paraplegic. And the bullet's still there. And so his guys, this is the, remember the guys who tear apart the roof to get them in front, get them in front of Jesus? The guy didn't have a whole lot of faith, I'm not sure. But these four guys who carried him in, we heard the people who pray for healing are here. They've been here before. Let's get you in front of them. But it's not the powerful preacher who's got it. It's not Randy. It's Todd. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in Todd and quickly his mortal body. And all you got to have is a little bit of faith. And so 
The next day, it's so exciting, you know, it's like, it's a major miracle. It's in one of Randy's books, and I just still remember. The next day, he's up on the stage, walking in the microphone and describing what happened. That's power evangelism. That word went out. That, we went back to that church multiple times. That church has grown to thousands. I haven't been there recently, but it's like, okay, so the word went out that Jesus heals. That's the same church. The next time we went back, my wife and I were up front. There was a vineyard pastor, and he was big. He was big, big guy. I mean, both ways. He was big, right? And so he's up there with my wife, and again, there's like a whole bunch of people up front that come. The word goes out, come if you need healing. So you've heard this testimony if you've been in the church. This woman comes up, and she gets up with my wife and the vineyard pastor, and they start praying for her. And all of a sudden, I hear screams. I'm over here praying for somebody else, and I hear screams, and the woman goes tearing out. I'm thinking it's a deliverance. Tearing out of the sanctuary. And I look over, and my wife is going like, there is a bloody tumor about that big sitting on the floor. It fell out of her body. She had a tumor on her uterus. This is God's honest truth. I am not lying to you. And this, it's like, and the pastor, the big guy's like, don't step in it, everybody. Get back. It was like, you know, mess on aisle three. You know, it's like, so I said, what happened? And she gets up and she says, next day she comes in and says, I had a tumor on my uterus. And when they prayed, it fell out of me. I'm just telling you, you can't unsee that. I'm telling you, you cannot unsee that. It's like, God, you're, you're real. You're like real, real, real God, you know? It's like, once you see that, it's like, so this is the power of evangelism that God wants to release over the region because there's sons and daughters of those who are sitting in darkness in the occult that need to know that God's power because the manifested darkness of all that stuff that the enemies tried to use as counterfeit, that is not power. I remember Chris Volatin sharing about one day, you know, Chris came out of the occult. If you know anything about uh, the Bethel story and Chris's story, just read Chris's book. He came out of the occult. So when you see manifestations of the occult, so one day in the back of the Bethel church, there's a guy back there, he'd come in, he'd been a warlock, and he's showing his skills. And he's, he's elevated like two feet off the back of the floor, and, he, and they're like, oh my God, there's witchcraft in the church. And they, Chris says, What? Goes back to this, in the name of Jesus. And the guy falls to the ground and crumbles. Why? Because the devil has power, but he does not have greater power than the name of Jesus. We just sang that song. It's not some lyrics. It's real. It is the real deal. That name, you ever get afraid, you call on him. And I'm telling you what, we've had people tell, oh, how many times have people said, the devil sat on me, he's choking me, sitting there pressurizing me, trying to do things to me at night. In the name of Jesus. And that thing's gone. You try it. I'm telling you, the name of Jesus is powerful. So let's look at the biblical basis. Wow, we only got a few minutes left. Let's go through some of the quick modules here in 6. Let's start in 6.4. Why did Jesus heal the sick? <laughs> well, one, it's a, it's a measure. Six, page 6.4 of that module. Why did Jesus heal the sick? Why would the Messiah heal the sick? Because signs and wonders verify that the message he brings is true. It's actually a sign of the Messiah. Remember when John is sitting in prison, he's about to be beheaded by Herod? 
and he has the question, I guess it's a really good question, if you're about ready to die for your faith, would you like to know that he is really the one who he said he was? And so John's disciples come and says, our master John the Baptist has sent us to find, are you really the Messiah? You go tell John the following, then give him scriptures out of Isaiah. No, he says, tell him the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. You go tell him that. Because John will know that that's the sign of the Messiah. And then he says, greater works, John 14, 12, greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. Now, that ought to mess with us, right? Is that volume? Is it great? It's all that, right? And so we're expecting now with all these Holy Spirit-filled people, all these living stones every which direction are being raised up. Wow, when that gets together, it's like, yeah, you, can't, you wait. What, you watch what's going to happen. It's going to be really, really exciting and messy. It's, it's all that, right? We've already had it. It's like people say, Pastor, is, is that okay? I said, well, maybe we wouldn't do it that way. We don't believe in pushing anybody down. Don't do that. I always tell people, eat the meat, spit out the bones. Don't get offended. Matthew 18, you get offended, go to the person privately and deal with your stuff. So... Because revivals are going to, we're going to have people come with no belief, all different beliefs. Um, but if they come, we want to lead them in the way that they should go, right? Okay. Question? Yeah, they're, they're, gonna, they're flying in from other countries to be here during, so we're going to have different cultures here, different languages. We may need translators. So, hey, praise God. Okay, look at page, um, page 6-4, that uh, bolded part, healing the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, and setting liberty to those who oppress. That was Jesus' opener, right, when he started his ministry out of Luke. He opens the scroll from Isaiah, and he declares, this is Isaiah 61, and we're in Isaiah 61 church. So therefore, that's been prophesied over us by Leif and others. So we want to, and we, 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 we embrace that. So we want to embrace all of that operating at the same time. 6-5, bottom of the page. Jesus healed in response to requests from family members or people who were sick. You know, blind Bartimaeus. There are those who ask, I want to be healed. What, what, what do you want? I want to see. So they'll be coming, they'll be coming to, why are you here? Well, I'm here for my child because they're sick and I need, I need someone to pray and intercede for me. So they're going to come for various reasons, for self, for family members. And so I want us to be in a place where not only do you know the model, but you're really confident that the Holy Spirit is going to use you in the midst of that. And that is so, when you've all probably experienced it in various levels, when you realize that the Lord told you to do this, and then it happens, it's like, there is like, I don't know how you get more joyful than, oh my gosh. So you're going to have that kind of experience. All right, turn with me on page 6-8. In that middle of the page there, where Jesus heals the sick as proof that the kingdom of heaven was at hand on earth and among men. A, Jesus believed that the two kingdoms were at war and each one in earth in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. We know that. We see that in Matthew 13 there and the enemy has done this. 
says, in that parable, he says, Satan is the enemy, and the parable of the wheat and the tares, he said, of one of the one who planted the tares in the field, the enemy has done this. And you know the scripture, right? He's, he allows the wheat and the tares to grow up together because he says you'll damage the wheat if you pull them out now. So th- we know that the, the enemy has sown all over this place in the earth. But the Lord's going to have the harvest. He's the, he's the Lord of the harvest. And the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few, but they're coming. There's 120 of them that are now getting ready to labor. So why did the Son of God come? Look at the bottom of page 6-8. This is a real fundamental scripture. The purpose of the Son of God, this is job description of Jesus, not only out of John 10.10 where he says, Jesus came to give an abundant life, and the devil's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So there's two job descriptions. We know the devil's job description. Jesus came to bring abundant life, a fullness. But he also says here, for the purpose, on the bottom of that page, the 6a says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Sickness and disease. I, I, this is so, ma'am, I get a tight jaw when somebody, well, God gave me this sickness so that I would draw close to him. Boy, that is foul. No, no, no. What parent would put sickness on their child to teach them a lesson? That's called child abuse. God is not like that at all. So this is, we know where the source of darkness comes. In fact, there's plenty of scriptures I've listed here where the woman, remember, um, let's look at uh, page, do, 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 do. Yeah, on that page, 6, 8, where it says, he regarded illness as the work of Satan. I bolded that on the middle of that page. When criticized for healing a crippled woman on the Sabbath, Jesus said, should this, not this woman whom Satan has bound for 18 years be healed on the Sabbath? So we know that sickness, infirmity, is not of God, and Jesus wanted to heal. Don't give me your religious rules. The woman needs to be healed. <laughs> and so she's been bound up for 18 years. So we know that there is this argument that people say, well, maybe God's just trying to teach me something. I don't buy it. So look at the scriptures associated with these modules, 6, 8, 6, 9, and onward, all the way till we get to 6, 18. And let me close on this one, and I'll just introduce the healing model, and then next week we'll, we'll actually practice this. On the bottom of module 618 page, we've said this before. Remember that... Um, Not everybody you pray for gets healed. And the issue is generally not on on his end. (laughs) It's on our end. There's something going on we've already talked about. Is there an open door of the occult? Is there unforgiveness? Is there something, there's doubt and unbelief. Something is blocking, and we want part of the interview process in the healing model is the interview to try to uh, discern. You're going to be like doctors in the spirit I'm trying to get the diagnoses. Tell me what's going on with you. What, well, first of all, what's wrong? Is it emotional? Is it physical? Is it spiritual? And then is there a blocking agent that's there? Yeah, I am so mad at my husband. Oh, well, um, Jesus said forgive and you'll be forgiven. If you refuse to forgive, you won't be forgiven. And there's no condition to that. And he modeled that on the cross. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing right now. So there's no... There's no justification to unforgiveness. And some of us have had some really deep betrayals and wounds. And I'm not making light of those. 
but that does not allow unforgiveness to exist. Now, you may have to work through that. I know that one. You may have to work through it. You have to keep praying, Lord, I don't feel like it. In fact, I'd really like to bless that person with a brick right now. But um, I know that's not your word. And it might hurt my testimony. <laughs> and so, uh, so help me. Yeah, I will. And he does. He gives you scriptures. Revenge is mine, saith the Lord, not yours. And then you start praying. And after a period of time, if you pray genuinely, your heart will change and align with the words that are coming out of your mouth. And then you'll want that person really saved and delivered, set free in heaven. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. But it doesn't walk easy. And so that place of finding out what the blocking agent is is really part of the healing process. How do we pray? But this idea that God's an abusive father and he's going to put that on you, you don't believe that at all. Now, there are scriptures. Remember where Jesus prayed more than once? Remember the guy who was blind? So, well, how should I? If God's going to use me, I only have to pray once. Oh, really? That's not biblical either. Remember he prays for the person who's blind and says, well, I, I can see like shadows of men like trees. Well, let me pray again. And, it, and he's healed. So there's this time. How about this? Peter, this scripture on the bottom of 618 is, is another good example. It's Paul and Timothy right there in, in uh, F. Trophimus, Paul says this. <clears throat> I left Trophimus in Miletus sick. So Paul leaves one of his mission team members sick because he has to go on and do his mission. So Paul didn't see everybody healed either, right? We also know that Paul prayed, Lord, take this infirmity from me. We don't, some people think it was his eyesight. He goes, but then God said three times, he told him three times in 2 Corinthians, I think it's verse 12, right? Chapter 12, I prayed three times for God to take this from me. He didn't. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. So there's this, Lord, you didn't answer that prayer the way Paul wanted it to be prayed. And there are, so this idea that we can't, we should not pray more than once, that's again, I don't, biblically example. So keep praying. Remember he said, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Use the example of the parable of the, the woman who bothers the judge, at, uh, the, uh, judge at night, knocking on her door. You're bothering me at night. I mean, we've all gone to bed. Get out of here, woman. But because she'll keep me awake all night long, just go down there and give that woman what she wants, right? So keep praying. Don't, don't stop praying. Because who knows? And so um, if we look at it, but always remember, it's about love. If we've had people that we've prayed for, I remember being on mission trips, and we'll, the, the whole team will pray four, five, six hours for a person, just taking turns, loving them. And we didn't see any manifestation of healing. But that family left knowing, God loves me. These people came from another place in the world to pray for my child, and they just spent five hours praying for my child? They just felt loved. So leave the results with God, and don't, don't feel the condemnation of the darkness that says, well, you're not spiritual enough. No, God doesn't listen to your prayers. Well, if something's wrong, don't, no. You're just the gloves on his hand, and if he put that person in front of you, just love on him. God will take care of the rest, right? And so, okay, so let me just recap for next week. If you would read through module seven, I want to just introduce the healing model. If you look at 7-1, we're commissioned to heal, and I'd like you to read that page on module 7-1 page. And then 
there's the module itself. And so just kind of memorize the steps. Again, it's very simple. If you look on page 7-3, the five steps are there. And once you think about it, if, if you walk up to someone or they come up to you and say, how can I pray for you? Terry, when I led him to Christ tonight, he said, I got a headache. I got something wrong with my head. I was in an accident. So you interview, well, how'd the accident happen? Well, I hit my head when I slammed on the brakes. And well, um, have you had prayer before? Yeah, but you know, God doesn't heal. Oh, so there's some unbelief. So the initial interview, what are you, you're trying to find out why are you here? How can I pray for you? Is this emotional? Is it spiritual? Is it physical? And then you can ask questions like we did. We said, well, yeah, I got this. Uh, we've seen this before, spirit of infirmity. Person says, I got this pain here. And you start praying, and then it moves. That's an infirmity spirit. It'll start to move. We've seen that in many times in, uh, in prayer ministries. So that spirit, you know that's a spirit of infirmity, and now you just directed Holy Spirit on, and it's trying to get away. <laughs> it can't. So, man, oh, we had one a few weeks back. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so initial interview. The diagnoses. We become the, tell me, what's, I'm trying to sort this out, because that'll determine, do I do a deliverance, direct prayer? In the name of Jesus, spirit of infirmity, you get out of here. Or, no, my heart's broken. <laughs> My husband just left me. Oh, we need, then we're going to bring emotional healing to the heart. So, you, you know, you, you don't want to try to cast out emotional pain if it's, it's, no, no, compassion, right? So let the Holy Spirit lead you. So the interview and the diagnoses, and then you'll select what kind of prayer should I pray? We were Friday night in a tent, and a woman from Texas came, and she, she was tormented. She's been, I've been a Christian for years and I'm still tormented. I'm still battling all this stuff. So I started the interview process. Uh, one of the team members said, Pastor, would you please help her? So I started interviewing, and right away she started talking about some sexual stuff. So I turned and I said, where's Maria? Is Maria here tonight? Yeah, Maria, I said, I need a woman. Come over here. So Maria came over, and we interviewed, the pro- we interviewed her in the process. She started talking about the doors that were open, that were clear. And we had her, she says, but I prayed these things. I said, yeah, but have you ever prayed to renounce them in agreement with two or three witnesses? Because this is a court of heaven. She goes, oh, I know that. And so it was just a wonderful time. And so in the midst of that, pay attention. Because Maria noticed something. On her toe was a, um, a ring on your toe. You know, that's not from her culture in, in uh, Argentina, right? They don't wear rings on their toes bells on their nose I don't know but anyway so she said pay attention because if you're together that might be when, when that's highlighted tattoos when you're ministering together there might there's a lead who's taken the lead on it and that night was me but that be pay attention because they remember they're sent out two by two and the Holy Spirit's speaking and that could be a very relevant thing that might be part of the thing that opens up the door for the Lord to heal. So as you start to minister, co-minister together as partners in this, referring, preferring one another, but at the same time, it's, it's, a, it's such a wonderful experience when people, even if you just spent an hour plus on it and they just walk out with, man, I thought I was coming to visit my daughter in Wilmington from Texas, but I got freed up from torment. Yay. I mean... God has the agendas and agendas. So I'd like you to look at the model, then the ministry, and then the post-ministry directions. What do you tell the person after you prayed for them? 
and it'll depend. If they've opened the door to the occult, don't reopen those doors. Go home, burn your Ouija board. <laughs> Get your Harry Potter stuff and throw it in the trash. Don't do that. Don't introduce your children to that stuff. And so, is that making sense? Okay. You've been awesome. It's 8.15. I got to protect the, got to let you get the kids. So let's stand. I want to pray a blessing over all that you're doing tonight, Lord, with, with our team, those listening by live stream. So, Lord, I'm aware that we could touch on things that uh, can be um, unnerving, can ask a, more questions maybe than we have answers to right now. But I just declare peace in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And any tongue that's been spoken over us, we condemn the tongue, but we forgive. We also know, Lord, that you're faithful and you're always redemptive. So wherever the enemy tries to whisper, I didn't do this right, oh my gosh, what have I done? We shut that door in Jesus' name and we thank you that your grace is more than enough. And the blood of Jesus answers every accusation. And there's no shame in guilt because the condemnation cannot stand when Jesus is our Savior, our healer, and our deliverer, and our soon coming King. And so we are well protected. Psalm 91, I just release a Psalm 91 protection. Under the shadow of the Most High, we find rest. And we don't have to fear, even the snare of the fowler gets tripped. Those that might be sick and dying all around us, those evils shall not befall your dwelling place. So Lord, I thank you that you send angels. Even if we mess this up, what's amazing, even if we mess it up, you send angels so if we trip, you don't let us fall. I mean, does it get any better than that, God? And then you said, I'll give you long life and salvation. So, Lord, I thank you for your promise of your covering, angels to cover each one in Jesus' name. I pray for Friday night. I pray for Thursday night. Lord, we're so excited. We say, do more, Lord. Let us see more, God. Open our eyes to see, and we bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for being here tonight.